everyone. My name is Josh Scroggins. I pastor New Beginnings Family. Just wanted to say thank you for joining our podcast and welcome. We hope the following message will be encouraging, will inspire you to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about us or would like to support our ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.nbfamily.net. And as always, for all you do to support us, thank you. God bless you and enjoy the message. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. We are uh, starting off our year with a uh, really cool idea. Um, and that idea is simply this. There is no time to waste. We're going to explore that idea over this next year. That is our theme for the year. And uh, in this episode, we are going to talk about the world's greatest crime. You know, there are messages that are meant to encourage you. There's mes- messages that are meant to educate you. Some are meant to challenge and grow you. And then there's some that are meant just to simply wake you up, inspire you to action. And in this episode, the message I want to give you is the last kind. It's not an easy one. Um, it, it's a deep, heavy message. But I do hope that it's one that will motivate you to action. Now, b- before we um, get into that, uh, let me just explain that in this coming year, we're going to be doing a lot of things at our church. We've um, we've got a lot of stuff with our missions program in particular um, that we're going to be doing. One of which is um, next week we have a guy from Guatemala who pastors a large church out there coming and he is going to speak at the church. Uh, so the next episode will actually be just a, a recording of that uh, message in Spanish and the translation. Um so that that is in addition to what we're going to be doing next year, which is is going to be uh, working with several churches in uh, Latin America, Central America, um, to be setting up churches, to be doing more more missions and more outreach. Um, we are looking at some property still that we are wanting to purchase if it uh, if we can get it, if we can get the money for it, um, and we're going to be setting up a church hub there in uh, El Salvador and planting churches from there, from that location. Uh, so it's it's very cool. We got a lot of stuff coming on. And, and so um, why do we do that? Well, we why do we send money and why do we support places uh, that we're never going to get anything back? Why are we spending money to do evangelism in Central America when you know we're located in Springfield, Oregon? <clears throat> the answer is pretty simple. It's because we're trying to reach as many people for Christ as we can, any way that we can, anywhere that we can, as fast as we can. Why? Because there is no time to waste. Some of us uh, who've grown up in church might immediately hear those four words, no time to waste, and just assume that I'm talking about the rapture, that it's coming and we don't know when, and so we need to get to work. And, And that is true. The rapture will happen, and when it does, Jesus will take his followers and leave behind the rest. We don't know when that's going to happen. So, in fact, there is no time to waste. But still, there's something more urgent even than the rapture. I'm not saying more important, but I'm saying more urgent. It's something that is happening every day, every hour, every minute, even every second. Proverbs 24, 11 to 12 says, Rescue those who are being taken away and those who are staggering to the slaughter. Oh, hold them back. 
If you say, see, we did not know this, does he who weighs the hearts not consider it? And does he who watches over your soul not know it? And will he not repay a person according to his work? We're going to focus mostly on that verse 11. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Those who are staggering to the slaughter. Oh, hold them back. Every minute, 115 people in this world die. Now, 31% of the world's population call themselves Christians. Now, even if we believe that every person on the planet who calls themselves a Christian actually is, and they're not, but let's assume for a minute they are, even if every single one of them really was what they professed to be, that still means 79 people die every minute not knowing Christ. That is more than one person every second who is entering hell. Every second that ticks by, another person enters hell. Every minute, another 79 people. This second, it probably wasn't someone you know. This minute, it probably wasn't someone you know. But make no mistake, there is a 100% chance that every person you know will not make it out of this life alive. Because our bodies are temporary. By the time we have a single church service on a Sunday morning from 1030 to noon, 10,350 people have died and at least 7,141 of them did not know Jesus. If only one person enters eternity not knowing Jesus, it should be heartbreaking. So how much more should we be moved to hear that more than one person every second does so? I think we all know that this world is full of crimes, yet the greatest crime in the world is being committed by Christians who, knowing Jesus is the only way, stay silent and let people stagger to the slaughter. When a Christian knows a person who desperately needs Jesus but refuses to tell them about Jesus and instead lets them stagger to the slaughter, that is is the greatest crime. Imagine for a moment if the entire world was infected with a deadly virus and you had the antidote. You knew where to get it. You knew the antidote was free. If a person watched others die while being cured themselves and knowing that the cure was free for others, would you say that person has committed a crime? Of course. It's not just an imaginary scenario, by the way. Sin is the virus. Jesus is the antidote. Salvation is free because Jesus paid the price. Without Jesus, that person's soul will enter eternity without God. That person's soul is desperate, is broken, is crying out for help, and they stagger to the slaughter. The greatest crime is when Christians just let it happen. Why do we have a ministry in a women's recovery center when most of them will never be a part of our church or ever give anything back to us? Why do we send money to Guatemala to buy shoes for kids as a way of showing them Jesus loves them? Why are we looking to plant a church hub in El Salvador, launch churches all over Central America when we know they will barely be able to support themselves? Why do we give to the homeless or make cookies for veterans we'll never meet? Why do we do all that? It's because we know that more than one person every second goes to hell. And we want to save as many of them as we can. 
We do all of that because we understand the power in those four words I told you earlier. There's no time to waste. And look, I'm talking about wonderful people who love Jesus, but they just never win anyone else to God. Why? It's because we operate under this false philosophy that leading people to Jesus is the job of the missionary, the evangelist, the preacher. We operate under the belief that salvations only happen on Sunday mornings or through a preacher on TV. But the truth is that there aren't enough of us to reach that many people. God calls you to share your story and tell people about Jesus. Because if you don't hold them back from their doom, they will stagger to the slaughter. In the book of Acts, when it is recording the early church, chapter 16, verse 5 says that the church was increasing in number daily. That means that every day they grew in number. And we know from the book of Acts that uh, the early church met on Sundays, but you can't grow daily if all the salvations are happening one day a week. It grew daily because the people were leading other people to Christ daily. It is every Christian's job to be a minister. This should move us. It should burden us. It should bring us to our knees in prayer and repentance. It's not just about you being blessed. It's about God wanting to use you to bless someone else. There are people that only you can reach. There are people that you can carry a burden for that only you and your testimony can break through the darkness to reach. And we need to stop them and hold them back from their doom. There's a, there's a story about a Texas inmate on death row many years ago, whose day it was to be executed. They led him into the execution room, into the uh, electric chair, sat him down and began to hook him up. And just down the hall, the warden sat by his phone. There were no cell phones back then. And he was waiting for the governor to call. And sure enough, moments before the execution, the governor called and said, stop the execution. There's more evidence that needs to be reviewed. Now, for whatever reason, they say that the warden didn't move with urgency. He just took his time. He walked casually. Some say he did it on purpose. He had the message that could save the man's life, but because he didn't have a sense of urgency, he got there too late. The man had died, and the warden was holding the very thing that could have saved him. You have a message that can save someone. There is someone who is staggering to the slaughter, and you have the message that can hold them back from their doom. There is no time to waste because you don't know how much longer you might have with that person. Time is ticking away, and you don't know when it will end. Your father doesn't have to go to hell. Your child doesn't have to go to hell. Your friend, your neighbor, your coworker, your hairdresser, that person you know would listen to you because they like you or they respect you, they look up to you. They are depending on you to tell them about Jesus. And this is, in fact, the prayer request of Jesus. Matthew 9, 37 to 38 says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Therefore plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. He did not say pray to the Lord to send. He said plead 
with the Lord. That is, he might as well have said beg. This is this is such an impassioned cry into in, into the Father's throne to, to plead for workers. God, please send workers. What's the harvest? It's people. Who are the workers? That's you and that's me. The people that God has placed you into contact with, that's the harvest and you are the worker. God has placed you there to stop them from staggering to the slaughter. There needs to be an urgency in your life to save souls. There is no time to waste because there might not be much time left. They need Jesus now. They need salvation now. They need forgiveness now. They need new life now. You need to understand that the purpose of your salvation was not just to get you to heaven but that you would reach someone else who is staggering to the slaughter. And no, you can't force a choice on them. And no, you can't manipulate a person into salvation, but you can at least give them a chance to make the choice. You can offer them hope. You can tell them your story. You can share with them what God has done for you. Matthew 5 14 to 16, Jesus says this, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. There's another place in scripture where Jesus speaking says, I am the light of the world. But in this passage, he says, you are the light of the world. So which is it? In fact, it's both. At nighttime, there is not really much light except for one source, and that is the moon. The moon is the light of the night. However, the moon does not actually produce any light. The only reason that we can see at nighttime is because the moon is reflecting the sun. It is actually the sun's light that bouncing off of the moon, reflecting off of the moon that gives us light at night. And so what Jesus here is saying is he says that you are the light of the world, not that it is your light that is shining But it is you who reflect the sun. Look, I know the sheer weight of the numbers I mentioned earlier can seem overwhelming. There are billions of people on this planet. There's more born every day. How is a church like ours, 40, 50 people, how is that supposed to make a difference? It seems futile to even try, doesn't it? There's a story of a man who was walking along a beach. And as he was walking down this beach, just admiring the waves and the, the, the beauty around him, he, he noticed on the shore by his foot as he was walking was a, a starfish. And he looked out and the tide was going back. So that meant that this starfish would eventually dry out. It would die. He looked a little further down the beach and he saw another starfish and another and another. And then he saw lots of starfish, hundreds of them. 
He continued to walk along the beach, and he saw a boy in the distance running back and forth from the shore to the waves. He continued to walk until he got to the boy, and he said, Boy, what What are you doing? This little boy is picking up a starfish, and he is too small to throw it a great distance, and so he has to run it over to the shore to throw it into the water as best he can. And then he runs back, and, and, and the guy says, Boy, what are you doing? The child says, The starfish are going to dry up here in the sand. I'm tossing them back into the ocean so they'll live. And then he bent down and picked up another starfish and ran it out to the ocean and tossed it in and ran back to grab another one. And the man replied, son, there are miles and miles of beach. There are hundreds, maybe thousands of starfish out here. You will never make a difference. The little boy paused to consider the man's words, looked up and down the beach and saw he was correct. There were thousands, possibly of starfish, there's no way he could save them all. He looked at the starfish on the ground and back to the ocean, then he stooped down and picked up the starfish, walked over to the water, tossed it in, walked back over to the man, looked him in the eyes and said, I made a difference to that one. Every second, Another person dies and goes to eternity without God. You can't stop them all from staggering to the slaughter, but you can stop some. You can't save the whole world, but you can save a few. Last year at our church, 13 people committed their lives to Jesus Christ on a Sunday morning. And we had many more give their lives to God in the Monday night Bible study, at least that number again, possibly more. Jesus gave his disciples a command, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, here's the interesting truth. If the 11 disciples that Jesus had left, if they would have led one person to Christ, each of them, if they would have led one person to Christ and then taken a year to disciple that person, and then taught that person to go do the same with them the next year, and then just repeated that. The entire world would have been saved in under 30 years. Those numbers are still true. If 11 people, 10 people even, I think, were to just disciple one person a year and teach them to do the same, the world could be saved in under 30 years. See, change happens one person at a time. Massive change can happen one person at a time. You can make the difference to someone. You can stop someone from staggering to the slaughter. And you don't know how much more time you have with those people. This might be the last time you see them. And maybe that means that they pass away. Maybe that means that they move away. Maybe it means you move away. You don't know when the last time you see someone will be. So don't waste any time. There is no time to waste. Tell them about Jesus. They need you.
God bless you. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us at New Beginnings Family. We appreciate you listening and hope that the message was encouraging, inspiring, challenging, that ultimately it brings you closer to Jesus Christ. If you have any questions for us or would like to get a hold of us, you can reach out to us at www.nbfamily.net. Thank you so much. We love you. Have an amazing day. And thank you for all your support. We'll see you next time.